Welcome to day four of a new season of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp, David Keefe, and Matt Kresge. So we continue our journey uh, through the book of Genesis. Uh, almost every foundational theological idea that uh, we we need for the rest of Scripture has already been revealed in God's creation of us, in His image, His creation of us for one another, and our rejection of God in order to assert our own autonomy and to the reserve the right to choose for ourselves what we think is good and best for us rather than you know experiencing the truth to the two trees in the garden and the gift of wisdom and the gift of life as gifts from god uh we we try to gain those apart from god and of course it becomes very cataclysmic so we move from harmony in the garden to the very first murder and of course the murder is a murder of brother against brother uh, which uh, is going to be a recurring theme mm-hmm. throughout Scripture. So we come to Genesis chapter 4, but before we read, we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive you know, what God uh, would have for us as we read His Word. Uh, we read it not to know a story. We read it not to uh, you know, simply entertain ourselves or learn a few biblical facts or even you know, put together a real, well, a real well-ordered theology. We read to see the face of God and to be transformed by him, to know his heart and character and to respond to his invitation to us. So before we read, um, Matt, why don't you lift us up with a word of prayer. Father, we do uh, draw near to you uh, and through your word, asking that you would um, draw near to us, that, Father, we would would hear from you. we would, we would know you, we would love you, we'd worship you and in this time as you speak to us through your word. Father, we do thank you that um, your word's not something merely to be studied, but um, something that, that studies us and, and searches us as we read it. And so, Father, would mm-hmm. you use your word uh, to convict us and, and comfort us where we need comfort, encourage us, um, and to spur us on to godliness. Father, we thank you that you are um, at work in us by your spirit. And so open our ears uh, to hear, um, help us to, to behold wonderful things from your law, as David um, prayed, Father, as we, we dive in. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. In chapter 3, uh, Adam names his wife Eve because she'll become the mother of the living. And, of course, we see um, her give birth to her, uh, their first two uh, sons uh, in chapter 4. Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked at favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, you will, uh, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied, am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what have you done? 
Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crop for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land and I'll be hidden from your presence. I'll be a restless wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Cain made love to his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Cain was then building a city, and he named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad, and to Irad was the father of Methuselah, and Mahal was a father of, I'm sorry, was a father. Let's go back. To Enoch was born Irad. Irad was a father of Mahal. And Mehuel was a father of Methuselah. And Methuselah, again, Methuselah. And Methuselah was the father of Lamech. Lamech married two women, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Ada gave birth to Jabal. He was the father of those who live in tents and raise livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all who play stringed instruments and pipes. Zillah also had a son, Tubal Cain, who forged all kinds of tools out of bronze and iron. Tubal Cain's sister was Nahama. Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, listen to me, wives of Lamech, hear my words. I've killed men for wounding me, a man for injuring me. If Cain is avenged seven times, then Lamech seventy-seven times. Adam made to love to his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth, saying, God has granted me another child in the place of Abel. Since Cain killed him, Seth also had a son, and he named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Excuse me for getting ahead of the story and jumping all the way to Methuselah <laughs> and uh, butchering several Hebrew names in the process so glad of, you of read doing, that. <laughs> doing, the old, the, doing the old thing on that. Uh, so we do begin to experience, you know, the di- you know downward spiral of sin. Uh, you know, there's a couple of things that happen in this passage. One, you you see the lack of concern, uh, you know, that Cain has for his brother, and you hear a, a question that's a very important question, you know, in here. Uh, you know, am I my brother's keeper? And, and from the rest of Scripture, we know that as God's redeemed people, that we do owe a debt to each other and a deep sense of love, you know, to each other, and that we are responsible for each other, uh, whether it's, you know, the poor and the disenfranchised or those are, are right next to us, that, that we are responsible, uh, you know, for the world around us. Mm-hmm. No, and then, well, the great reminder that part of the fall, part of this curse that's not only obviously separated us from our, our Creator, but it's also separated us from one another, that we mm-hmm. at many times do not care about each other, mm-hmm. how they're doing, what's going on, and we simply fixate on self, which is kind of that pride and that selfishness that, that does not have a desire to be concerned for example, no, and, Saint and, Paul, and, which we do see a, a big ethic in the New Testament that's carried from here. Oh no, there, there's no doubt about it. But you also not only see we we have no concern for one another, but we have open hostility in a, toward one another. And the hostility is, uh, you know, over over the fact that uh, you know Abel offered you know an offering, and, and you see the differentiation in the way it's described. Mm-hmm. Uh, he offered, uh, you know, Cain brought forth some off. 
you know some of the fruits of the field you know here's you know here's my life here's a little bit part of it you can have and then uh abel brings forth the fat portions from the firstborn and, and both of those you know highlight you know the deep sacrificial nature you know of the gift mm-hmm. and, and the richness you know of, of the gift and it's not so much, you know, for those of us who love barbecue that, uh, you know, Cain only offered vegetables and that was unpleasing to God <laughs> until you got fat portion. That has nothing to do, you know, that has nothing to do with it you know, really at all. But uh, it was a sense of jealousy. There was no real infraction <laughs> that, you know, Abel committed against his brother Cain. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder, too, just how quickly things spiral out of control. I mean, we're, we're not far removed from that first sin. No. And, and we're beginning to see, I, I think a lot of times, if we're honest, we view sin as mm-hmm. as something that we can restrain or, or something that we can kind of mitigate or it, it doesn't really produce, you know, mm-hmm. what we would view as, as harmful things or why well, yeah, I haven't done this and just how quickly things begin to spiral out of control that, you know, not long ago, just one disobedience to God's word mm-hmm. begins to produce death and, and, and murder and and, and Cain gets it, too, when God begins to lay down the curse on Cain. He says, my punishment is more than I can bear it. Today you're driving me from the land, which he, he knows what the land means, mm-hmm. and I will be hidden from your presence. Mm-hmm. You know, there there it is, the heart of what our sin does is it uh, drives us from, from and, the presence. And, and this is going to be a major theme in the rest of our story, yeah. land and presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the land is a gift of God to the people of Israel where they experience his presence. And his judgment on them uh, in exile will be that they are driven from the land and from his presence. Mm-hmm. So this is a you know a nice hint, you know the storyline uh, that lies ahead. I guess I really love in verse six too, where God is so engaged with Cain here when he notices um, Cain's response. Cain was angry and downcast when he did not receive God's favor. And, and God even said, why are you angry? I mean, there was just kind of the beginning nudge of let's let's talk about your heart right here. And then he warned them that if you don't do what is right, um, you know, sin is crouching at your door and it desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So there's a lot there too to unpack. Mm, no doubt. Again, you have, you know, Cain, rather than dealing with the internals of his own sin, mm-hmm. of uh, acting in hostility against you know, uh, virtually eliminating you know the competition right you know if, if my brother's going to be a goody goody then we'll get rid of the goody goodies and mm-hmm. I'd elevate myself by you know crushing him mm-hmm. uh, so you see you know see a picture and, uh, and and of course you know sadly you know you, you see a lot of open hostility you know in the day and age in, in which we you know which we live uh, anger and, and depression it's reading in us you know striking out against each other it's not always leading to murder but if we take jesus seriously and i highly recommend that we take jesus seriously <laughs> i second that yeah uh this is where murder begins and mm-hmm. anger against our brother mm-hmm. and which we'd even allow ourselves to call him a raha mm-hmm. in our hearts mm-hmm. let me see that which i think that theme being developed as well when when he, he kind of receives the, the the curse um from the lord and he you know you will be a restless wanderer on the earth and mm-hmm. obviously the, the people of israel later to come kind of as restless wanderers and then mm-hmm. we see ourselves even described in the new testament as you know uh, a people without a home uh, a longing for this new home this new heaven this new earth, this maybe is restored eden right and so just 
I resonate so much with this restless wander on the earth. I feel that so many times. Right. And yet to know that my wandering, you know, I don't actually wander alone, but I, I have Christ who is yeah, going and, to and the, and the, that. The, mm-hmm. the result of sin is a, a deep heart restlessness mm-hmm. and lostness. And, and of course, there's a description of not only, you know, what happened, uh, you know, to Cain, but what happens uh, every time we walk uh, from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also that interesting note that we've been kind of following where when God sends Adam and Eve out of the garden, uh, it says they go east of the Garden of Eden. And now when, when Cain is sent out from the Lord's presence, you know, again, he's headed east. And we'll see that kind of picked up throughout this where you're watching just this mm-hmm. further and further drive away from the garden, away from God's presence, away from God's mm-hmm. land, and almost kind of considering the question, is, will people ever be brought back? You know, mm-hmm. uh, how, how will God's people dwell in his presence and in his land again? Because it seems like at this point we just keep getting driven further and further yeah. east. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, that, in, in the tabernacle and temple entrances on the east and the new heavens and the new earth, mm-hmm. uh, there are gates on every side mm-hmm. so that people return. Uh, return to them mm-hmm. but you're right that is another image driven uh, mm-hmm. the entrance of the temple is on the east and yeah. you're driven out uh, you know out from it uh, as, as well and then you have this guy Lomek you know who uh, not only also uh, killed a guy because a guy you know threatened him but wrote a song about it so we have <laughs> you know one of, the, one of the first songs in scripture is you know about uh, about murder and, and, and about revenge so even the songs reflect you know the heart the, the and then people. we have the birth of Seth, which is pretty big as well. You know, even we get to the New Testament and begin tracing, you know, the lineage from from Adam all the way to Christ. That it begins going through the line of Seth, um, which is kind of cool to see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the righteous line yeah. you know, versus the ungodly line mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. You know, it's it's fun to see too. Just as we read this, even even a chapter like this, where we don't often spend a lot of time in chapter four, but to watch how this mm-hmm. shapes the life of Israel, the imagination of Israel. And mm-hmm. I remember reading just recently Matthew 18 and you know, D.A. Carson was commenting on it. And you know, Peter asked Jesus, how many times should we forgive? You know, is seven times enough? And Jesus says 70 times seven. And you know, Carson notes that one of the places we find this in scripture is mm-hmm. in this chapter in Genesis 4, where you know, if Cain is avenged seven times, and Lamech 77 times. And what Jesus mm-hmm. does in this moment is takes this, this moment where you get flips it on his and he head. flips it mm-hmm. and, and just to watch even chapters like this when we're spending time in, in the old testament i'm wondering what do i do with this right mm-hmm. it fills the life and the imagination not should we avenge mm-hmm. ourselves 70 uh, or 77 yeah uh, but we should forgive 70 mm. plus seven mm. Beautiful. it is heavenly father we we wince at the ugliness of sin and we wince even more when we realize that so many things that we see you know in cain in adam and in eve as they walk away from your presence we see in ourselves we do reserve the right to choose for ourselves what is best and right for us we do simply like cain give you a portion uh, small portions of our life rather than offering you first and best and everything that we are Uh, we thank you father for Uh, your provision and we thank you father for your grace and we thank you for the nice little note at the end of this chapter that in the middle of all of this there were some people who were calling on the name of the lord Mm -hmm. may we be those people it's in your holy name we pray amen Mm -hmm.